You've turned into localjobnetwork.com radio and you're listening to the LGN Radio Quad, where our radio hosts gather to share their thoughts, ideas, and perspectives on all topics employment related. I'm Lynn Molitor and joining me in the quad as usual is Azure Mahara. Hello. And Jacqueline Peterson. Hello. The three of us are happy to welcome a guest into the quad today, our HR manager and co-host of LJN Job Seeker webinars, Laura McBain. Hi, everyone. Glad to be here. Thanks for coming in, Laura. So we recently moved to a new office location and are broadcasting from our new studio. So far, so good. So let's jump into today's topics, ladies. Azure, you have a topic that will be beneficial to both job seekers and interviewers. Yeah, so I wanted to talk about you. We've gone over um, different things to do in an interview to nail that interview and um, how to answer questions, but we haven't really discussed what are some good questions for the interviewee to ask the interviewer. So I just wanted to kind of touch base. I sent out an article that actually had 50 great questions to ask. And um, I just kind of, you know, did everyone get a chance to take a look at that? Yes. And if you had a few off of that list that, you know, just kind of were your favorites. Well, I can say I had a few that were not my favorite. And if I was an employer, I would be really offended by some of these questions. Uh, Question number one, is the company financially stable? Like, who asks that? (laughs) Could you imagine walking into an interview and asking your future employer, like, I mean, maybe I'm wrong in that, but I just I think I would be personally offended that someone would even ask that. That's like asking, like, how much money do you make or how much do you weigh? <laughs> I mean, try to yeah, look up try to look up as much information about the company that you can um, find. I don't know. I could be totally wrong. Right. Or tell me about the turnover rate at the company. I'm assuming that question is trying to get at, you know, the attrition rate, you know, but it depends on departments. You could have a marketing department or a communications department where the turnover rate is like 2%. Or you can have mm-hmm. a sales department where it's like 75%. So I don't think you're going to really get a lot of. Yeah. No, I, I agree with you. There was a question that they had in there about ask a question about who you're replacing. What does that matter? You know, <laughs> you're there. I actually for thought that was a good you like question. It? I like that oh, well, you guys do more interviews, yeah. so you guys would know probably more. So, <laughs> yeah, why don't you tell us why you guys like that one? Well, I like those questions because they get at why is this position open? Was there trouble? Was it on the part of the person leaving? Was the, you know, is there unreasonable expectations where you're coming into? I I don't know. It's, you kind of want a history of what's been going on. You know, is there a lot of turnover in that position? So, you know, the turnover question has some relevance if you're asking it in the right way. How would it be the right way? That was going to be my next. Well, the right way, you know, if you're talking about the particular position that you're interviewing for, I mean, the turnover in the company as a whole, you know, depending on what company it is, is going to give you an idea of, you know, is there reasonable turnover? In healthcare, there's usually high turnover with some positions, but in other positions, there's not. So it's going to give you an idea if it's reasonable or not. So you really want to ask more towards the, the, the department and the role? Yes. Versus like the company yes. overall, which this one says turnover rate at the company, which isn't really mm-hmm. tailored. What about the um, is your is the company financially stable? I didn't mind that one. I didn't either. Really? Actually. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> In fact, that could be a great selling point. Right. If you're looking to market your company and trying to get you know, really great hires. That can be a great marketing point. So if they don't, I mean, I don't think I've ever had a comp or I should say an applicant ask me that, but I've maybe brought it up in conversations. So how would you bring it up if you're an applicant? If I'm an applicant, well, 
I guess, what you know, I would ask it at that question where they're saying, you know, do you have any questions? I'd lead into it by, I mean, I wouldn't start with that one. I would ask first maybe about the culture of the company. You know, why is the position open? You know, did somebody relocate, which is hopefully, you know, what you want. Um, and then you'd lead into, you know, is this, you know, I'm looking for a stable position with a stable company and yeah. kind of lead into it that way, gently. And then just sort of hope that they catch on and that mm-hmm. they answer what you're saying. Yeah. Well, the other way, too, is, you know, how much hiring is the company doing? Because if you are hiring a lot, then that's an indication of growth, you know, versus just trying to tread water, right? so to speak. So, mm-hmm. yeah, I think in terms of how you phrase it and your timing. Mm-hmm. Um, now, granted, I've worked for financially stable companies, which, again, to Laura's point, is a selling point. Yeah. So... I would welcome that question. You probably wouldn't welcome that question if if you weren't one of those companies. Right. But a job seeker would want to know that. Right. And I see that point. I guess I was look I was taking them literally and it's question number 1. So, but I think you have to <laughs> finesse when you say it, how you say it, where you say it. Yeah, I mean, I just liked the questions. It's interesting. Mm -hmm. Laura and I actually had an opportunity last week to uh, interview some people, and she had already talked to all of them. But they were the first time that I had um, Mm -hmm. had a chance to talk to them. And there were a few individuals that were like, no, I don't have any questions. Uh, Laura (laughs) answered them all for me when we talked last time. Well, I wasn't part of that conversation, (laughs) so I don't know what they asked her. You know, obviously they had come in and talked to three of us, but they didn't have anything more based on the hour we had spent with them. Mm -hmm. No other questions. So I was like, oh, okay. Now that's a bad sign. Yeah, Yeah. we've talked about that before. Um, If you're going to go into an interview and you have multiple people that you're interviewing with, to have at least one or two questions for each person that you might come yeah. across. And mm-hmm. um, some of the one of the questions, a couple of them that I really liked was uh, asking about the manager. Um, one yeah. of them was, mm-hmm. uh, what char- what are some of the characteristics of people that perform well under this manager um, to kind of give you a feel if, if, if you would be a right fit or if this position would be mm-hmm. a right fit? Because, you know, you want to make sure that who you're working with and working under that you're going to yeah. meet expectations. Right. And the other one was... Um, questions about the next steps like if you you know if all else fails and you can't think of a question right. in your example then <laughs> um ask ask what is you know next of you and not only do you get an answer if there is something they're expecting from you but um then you kind of have a feel for what their process is and how long it might take and when you can hear back mm-hmm. and things like that so i always thought those are great questions i always like um how can i be successful in this role because then that really gets to the manager's expectations of you as you know the direct report and what they're going to be required of you and i just think that that's a a good question just to get insight on right. really what is your yeah. day to day going to be like? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I really like the manager question. I have I to too. say, I've never had anyone ask me that. It's a good one. And you know, mm-hmm. usually I'm interviewing for the people I want on my team. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And from a job seeker standpoint, you know, they do say, of course, that people leave managers; they don't leave companies. Yeah. You know, the company culture could be just wonderful, but if you're working for someone oh. that you can't stand, you're not going to want to stay there. Oh, that's a good point. So I think asking questions about, you know, in particular, you know, the people that have really succeeded in this job, you know, how they got along with the manager, what characteristics do they have? I think that's a great question. 
Um, and just to kind of recap, and um, but the, the main topics that they had were ask questions about the company, questions about the position, questions about the manager, um, questions about the department, about who you're replacing, about the career path and advancing, and then questions about the next steps you can take. All right. Thank you, Azure. That's good. So Jacqueline, uh, let's talk about your topic next. Yes. So I was talking to a couple of my girlfriends. They actually um, recently graduated nursing school a couple of years ago, back in 2011, and they all got new jobs as nurses. And, uh, you know, we always touch base every now and again just to kind of see, you know, how it's going and, you know, what they're learning and their new jobs. And we had this conversation about sort of – you, you know, when they first started working at the the hospitals that they're working at, they were all excited and they, you know, were trying to merge with the staff and go to mm-hmm. lunch with them and hang out with them. And then, you know, you, you don't want to rub anyone the wrong way. So when people invite right. you to lunch or when they invite you out after work, you say yes. Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You, you don't to, always want to be the new person. Right. <laughs> yeah. And you want to, you know, engage in their culture and participate in it. You want to make sure that you're, this is part of the interview process, guys. Even when you start your first job, like when people invite you to lunch and when people invite you after work, you don't have to say yes to everything, but it is good to engage with them. Yes. Oh, yeah. So they were doing that. And um, a couple of my girlfriends in particular were kind of like, I- I'm done doing that. Like I've, I've sort of like felt, you know, kind of got a gauge on who they were and what the company was about. And I don't really want to do it. I just want to go in now do my work and I want to leave. Oh. And um and not because they're you know they're they're just more focused on work. They did it because they knew they should do it, uh-huh. but they really didn't have any interest in it and now they're kind of like, okay, I just want to go in, I want to get in early, you know, do my work, take my lunch, do my work and then leave. And they're struggling with the fact that people are now like, you know, that changing the dynamics of the mm-hmm. relationship. Right. So uh, I was like, well, I'll ask the girls in my quad show, like any tips, <laughs> any tips that they can give. Because, you know, they, like I said, they wanted to engage and they did. And now they're kind of like, okay, now I just want to come in and do my job. But that changes things. Yeah. It's tough to step back. Yeah. Well, how, how can they when they're, yeah. well, the problem was, is that um, they were taking, you know, it started to interfere with not leaving work early. So because they were always like chit-chatting and stuff, then when it was time for them to clock out, they um, they ended up having to stay later because they were having, you know. Oh, because they weren't oh. done with their stuff. Right. Okay. Um, and so, well, that's like any job, though. Even if you're yeah. salaried, if you're going to stand right, right. at someone's desk sure. and talk for 15 minutes, that's going to cost you 15 minutes at the right. end of the yeah. day. Right. So it's, it's any office environment. So I think mm-hmm. it's sort of standard. But anyways, it got to the point where they were like staying after work for like an hour. And they were like, okay, this is just not worth my time anymore. I just want to come in, do my work. Yes, I know everyone. I've been friends with them for a couple of years, but I just want to I don't want to be at the hospital an extra yeah. hour mm-hmm. finishing up work. So they have a good reason for it, but it it's like you said, Laura, it's hard it's to pull hard away. To pull away. What can they do to sort of still maintain those boundaries like you know and and be proud of their job and and what they're doing, but not really not offend people either. See, I'm I'm just all about honesty and communication. I say take, you know, the the gals out that they are having this chat time with or whatever that's holding them back or that is inviting them and just be like, hey, guys, I just wanted to put this out there. You know, I'm getting really crazy busy here and I just want you to know that it's nothing personal. But if, you know, I might not have time 
in the middle of the day to have, you know, the quick conversation. But here's my cell phone number. Here's my email. Give me a call later. And, you know, if you have something you want to tell me, that's fine. But please don't be offended if I say I don't have time for this right now. You know, and just put that out there. Do they engage with anyone or is it like... Um, all or nothing. No, they're still, they're just trying to scale back on uh, it. They're still coming in early in the morning, bringing potluck and stuff like that. Oh, but oh, it's not, right. it's not, um, it's not to the degree that it was before. Like when the girls all wanted to go to lunch, they'd all go together. Um, and, you know, they'd all mm-hmm. wait for each other. And now my girlfriends are like, I don't want you to wait for me because that means I have to rush with my clients that I'm working with. And then, you know, the quality is just not there. Or oh, after okay. work, going to go, you know, happy hour or something. And it's like, you know what? I have two kids at home. Yeah. And I've done this with you guys for like two years. I just want to go home with my kids. I'm exhausted. I worked a 12-hour shift. Um, So they're still engaging during the day and chit-chatting and laughing and having a good time. But those extra lunches and happy hours they want to scale back on. But they actually did try to um, say what Azure just said. (laughs) Yeah. And they just, you know, know, I'm going to say, I'm going to make a stereotypical comment. <laughs> Women generally can be a little bit catty. Yeah. And, and, yeah. They, and they were. So I don't know. I, I just sort, sort of felt bad for them. And I was like, oh, I'm sorry. Yeah. Yeah. It's tough. It's tough to do that. I mean, I would just say I've got to be home by this time, uh, you know, because I have a prior commitment and just kind of leave it at that. Yeah. Um, it, it's tough because I, I think, and it's a fine line when you start socializing with people at work. It is. Because you don't want to give them your cell phone and your email because then they're going to be bothering you at home too and then it kind of bleeds over too much. Yeah, that's why I don't have your cell phone, Laura. Yeah, I know. (laughs) (laughs) I don't have you in mine either. I don't. Boundaries. I yeah. want people. I have <laughs> I have yours, Laura, and I have yours <laughs> and mine. <laughs> She's got all of ours. <laughs> but you don't use them and abuse them, so that's good. No. Yeah. You know, it is interesting as um, you know, as I kind of grew up in my career, there were times where I was just like getting too busy. So yeah. my standard lunch times, I had to start backing off of them, and some of my friends, coworkers, they were advancing like with me, but, you know, we kind of branched out. And others, you know, they still maintain mm-hmm. the, we're eating every day on Tuesday. For an at, hour. Oh, right. Yeah. yeah. And it's like, well, I got to get to a meet. I, I have a meeting at one o'clock right. and I'm not prepared yet. Yeah. Um, but I think over the course of time, you just kind of let your coworkers know. It's like you come in and it's like, oh my God, I got a class at 5.30 tonight, you know, it's 8 in the morning, and I am working mm-hmm. towards getting out of here mm-hmm. at 5. You know, mm-hmm. I've got eight hours to do it. Yeah. And I think everyone kind of appreciates that. And mm-hmm. Do you think, and, and I only ask this because they were newer, um, and they were like, well, I just want to be nice to everyone because they're older nurses and they can teach me something, and I don't yeah. want to you know, make them mad and then not want to help me. And I think that was also part of it. And um, and I and I can see that perspective because you, you don't want to bite the hand that feeds you. Right. And when you have a question and you want to go to that person who knows everything, it's like you want to go to them. And then that person invites you out and you're like, no, I can't. <laughs> so it's just like, so what I'm hearing you guys say, it's okay to scale back, be yeah. honest about it, but don't scale back to the point where you're like, 
Yeah. Cutting yourself out. Am I? Yeah. Because <laughs> yeah. then that can send a death yeah. message. But yeah. be honest. Be yeah. Honest. Be honest and just, you know, hey, I can't do this week. Actually, I probably can't do the next three weeks, but let's make a plan. <laughs> I mean, but seriously. Right. Yeah. You know, yeah. Make a plan for a month from today. Jacqueline yeah. and I have done that. Yeah. We've we're, we've said like six months out. <laughs> yeah. We're like, let's do lunch. And then if something came up, we just let each other know. And it did. Yeah. It ended up getting pushed out for like, like, what, like two months? I would say like three or four months. Yeah. yeah. And it was fine. I and never I think was that's offended. common. Yeah. Yeah. I never I haven't gone to lunch with right, yeah. I haven't gone lunch with anyone. <laughs> Jamie asked me, one of my colleagues asked me to go to, I haven't seen her since like December. <laughs> the tough now, part is when you're in a culture that's kind of more laid back, like what you're talking about. Because here, we're all busy, so we understand. It's okay to say no. Yeah. Right. right. But, you know, I know what she's talking about. In healthcare, it's a little bit different. Yeah. And they're all helping each other. Yeah. Like, it's very yeah. much teamwork. Uh, it's like, can you come into me in my client's room? I need to do da-da-da-da-da. Yeah. And so... Well, oh there you go. Well, Let's we tried. I'm not sure we had the <laughs> yeah. answer, but we tried. I'll have them listen to it and see what they say. <laughs> Good luck. Thanks. So, Lori, you have an interesting topic to introduce for us. Yes, I do. I think it's quite interesting, actually. <laughs> uh, I was just kind of sitting around thinking about topics and things that have happened in my career, and I realized that my career is kind of what I want to talk about because I've had a wide variety of different jobs in my life, and my career has changed and kind of molded the person I am today. I mean, I started out early on. I took a bartending job because I was very socially backwards. I mean, I was shy as shy can be, didn't like to talk to people. Don't so, believe it. I know. Nobody <laughs> believes me now. Hey, I'm like, who are we talking about? But I've had to force myself to do stuff like that. I mean, oh. it was painful for me to get through my first speech class because I couldn't get up and give a speech. I mean, yeah. it was just painful for me. So I've had to continually push myself to do things. And then, of course, you take your first big girl job after college and, you know, you learn. I think I took a job in government and I learned, you know, a little bit of patience and learning that you, even though that you want to change the world, you can't do it because sometimes, you know, <laughs> you run into obstacles with government. But uh, <laughs> And then, of course, healthcare taught me a lot of patience, and they were always operating in crisis mode. So I learned to deal a lot with crisis very calmly, very assuredly, and, you know, it was no big deal. Um, and then here, you know, I had to push myself to take a job that I was a little bit more comfortable with. So that's been a growing and changing experience as well, learning how to adapt to a more functional workplace, if you will, <laughs> than some of the, you know— you know, issues and crises that I'm used to. So it's changed me along the way. So I don't know. How has your careers changed you? I, like Lynn, have grown up in my current job. I graduated from the university and then I, from in Arizona, and then I moved to Wisconsin a few months after I had just graduated um, with my bachelor's degree. And I've pretty much been at LJN Radio. No. <laughs> I've been at this organization since then, and I've had many different roles, and I've worked in different departments. And I think one thing that it has changed me is um, I see myself change every day, first of all, like just expectations of myself and how I want to come across. But I think that um, I personally have learned from this job that teamwork is definitely important. It's taught me how to work in a team, how to leverage each other's skills. And it's also taught me um, what I want and what I don't want in a career. So, yeah. like, when mm -hmm. I go and I talk to my girlfriends about their stories, yeah. then I look back and I'm like, wow, 
I, you know, I am lucky or maybe the grass isn't greener. We always have those right. moments where you oh, sort yeah. of mm-hmm. fantasize. Um, so I think it's taught me to sort of, you know, I've matured a lot. Take a step back. Oh, yeah, yeah that's a good mm-hmm. word. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think um, and I think you, you need to continually mature and grow in your career. Um, I'd say, and I'm I'm with Jack, and I'm I'm young in my my career and in my profession. But um, one thing that I recommend to anybody that is younger, you know, maybe in college, is to get a um, service industry job. I really mm-hmm. feel that any service industry position does help with so many different things. Um, it helps with your social skills. It helps you work with customers no matter where. And, you know, giving the customer, if you're in marketing, you have to give the customer what they want. You have to present the the graphic or the logo that they want. Um, you know, and it, it, in sales, it can kind of go across the board. And then um, on top of that, you learn how to multitask. So I just, you know, I think that in the service industry, there's a lot of great skills to be learned that you can definitely use in your professional career once you're done with school or I'm not saying don't get an internship or something that doesn't go with your degree but you know if you're looking for something there's there's a lot of value there too. Mm-hmm. I think in my case as I look back I can definitely tell the people that um, I emulated it was like okay I like how that person manages or their style of leadership and then I think I've kind of absorbed those traits whereas then there were people on the other end of the spectrum and I just you know we didn't click and uh, it wasn't like a good working relationship and um, you know those are the skills and traits that that I that I didn't absorb Unfortunately, I think some of them were more successful. <laughs> I am. I always struggled. I couldn't play um, office politics. That was the uh. one thing I. Um, I just I couldn't do, and I you know it sounds bad, but you know I had a, a mentor who was trying to help me, you know, with ways that I could network better, and um, I just. It just wasn't me. It wasn't natural. It was uh, mm-hmm. out of my comfort zone, so much so that I wasn't good at it. <laughs> that you actually bring up something that just triggered my memory. I um, one thing that I have learned from my colleagues out there, uh, actually two of them that I had mentored, is if you work hard, your work will speak for itself, and mm-hmm. then you don't have to worry about the office politics as much. Mm-hmm. Now I say that with caution because you want to be able to get along in an organization and culture Laura as you mentioned is is a mm-hmm. big thing especially when you're interviewing you want to ask about company culture but I also think that if you work hard and you give an honest day of work you can end the day knowing that you gave your best and feel good about it and then all the politics and rhetoric mm-hmm. you know yeah. it's like your work will speak for itself and that's sort of one thing that I've also learned. Too. And at least you feel good at the end of the day right. about you, yourself. And you gave yeah. your yeah. honest day's work. Yeah. You, you can close your laptop and say, I gave all I could today and I feel good don't, about it. Don't cut it corners. Enough. Yeah. 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 <laughs> Great. All right. So um, here we're running out of time. So I thought we would close with a little bit of fun today. Uh, baseball players, that's their job. They have a walk-up <laughs> song as they are walking up to home plate, and that kind of gets them charged up. So <laughs> I'm thinking when I heard this story on the radio, I'm like, well, all of us in our own career should have a walk-up song. You know, me as a project manager, uh, you know, as I'm hitting implementation weekend, it's like, what's the song that charges me up? 
And if our listeners have listened to former quads, they probably know I'm a Bon Jovi fan. (laughs) (laughs) And I really like uh, living on a prayer. It's like when I hear that opening sequence to that song that just resonates with me and the use of the talk box and I get all excited, I'm like, okay, I'm ready to, to hit one out of the park in my role. <laughs> so so do you get like a lot of energy from it? Like you, yes. it gets you going? Yes. I once went to um, a convention at our convention center in town and uh, they were actually giving a financial planning talk and that was the song oh, that they just yeah. had piping through at eight in the morning. You know, and it was like my girlfriends and I, we like heard that opening and it was like, oh, you know. Bon Jovi was not there. <laughs> it was a recording. But it did kind of get us. Amped you up. Yeah. Yeah, that's amped me up. Yep. <laughs> Got to get the lingo. I think um, for me, Led Zeppelin. Probably <laughs> <laughs> um, the one that I had picked was that immigrant song. And, that, you know, I went through a bunch of different ones. And I had I had a lot. But there, you know, I have different bands depending on what I'm doing. But I, I'd have to say that if I want to get you know, pumped up or amped up or anything. Yeah. Um, Led Zeppelin usually does it for me. So I like awesome. that. Ah. Yeah. <laughs> you got it. Sorry, everyone, about that. Mine was the classic Elvis song, A Little Less Conversation, which has a great beat to it. Yes, you can't, it does. you got to be moving when you're hearing it. <laughs> and just the lyrics, if you read them the way I read them, it's, you know, a little less talk. Let's see some more action. Let's get her done. Let's just go and do it. So... Just kind of get you get you going in the mood to, to get whatever job you have yeah. done done. I love Elvis. It's a good pick. Oh, yeah, who doesn't like Elvis? Everybody likes him. <laughs> We're like Zeppelin. Don't do me. I actually picked Madonna for minutes, and you know, I I'm not a person that listens to lyrics that much. I'm a person uh, that more yeah, goes by too. beat. Yeah, I think there's two different, and I'm more about beat. And I am going to admit it, hands down, I am a rap fan. <laughs> love Dr. Dre, love Snoop Dogg. Actually, when I'm at home, I have um, uh, my, it's actually called the Jam Box, and it streams all of my music from iTunes. And one time, one of my uh, direct reports had called me and Dr. Dre was on in the background, and he said, are you listening to Gangsta Rap? I, and he literally was so surprised that that was my music. He, for like five minutes, that's all he could talk about. I'm like, all right, let's move it on. Come on. <laughs> um, so I did pick a less explicit song for mine, Madonna Four Minutes, and I love the opening where he's like, uh, I'm all out of time and I got four minutes. And I just thought, you know, that's pretty much my life because I work on so many different projects and I'm always yeah. thinking about like I, I try to be present in the moment very much. Um, but then as soon as the meeting's over, I'm on to the next. Right. Yeah. And then I always have mm-hmm. to go at the end of the day and sort of figure out what it is that I'm doing. And I also liked um, one of the lyrics that Justin Timberlake says in there, which is um, if I die today, you know, would you be proud about or would you live oh. the full life? And, oh, I, and I feel that about my mm-hmm. day's work because I always – I take my work very seriously and I try to give the best that I can. So I know that at the end of the day when I close my laptop, I've given all I can and I can enjoy my evening. <laughs> Mine didn't have a lot of um, lyrics to say. <laughs> but um, again, with the beat and everything, but there was – you know. In, in that song, they do they do have a line talking about rebuilding the day. Um, so I guess if, if you're ha- even if you're trying to get pumped up for a meeting or um, you're trying to recover from 
not doing so well at a meeting and just get on with it and <laughs> then really nail the comeback, you know, that that can do it for you. All right. Well, hey, <laughs> okay. we've got a lot of good wa- uh, walk-up songs. I know. <laughs> Yesterday after I was listening to all these, I was like, let's go running, guys. <laughs> <laughs> I don't think you can run. <laughs> no, I can't. All I right, ladies. I was pregnant. Our time is up, and there is so much more to be done today, so we're going to have to close it. If you would like to suggest topics for discussion on the LGN Radio Quad, send a message to Radio at localjobnetwork.com. Let us know what your walk-up song would be. For Azure Mahara, Jacqueline Peterson, and Laura McBain, I'm Lynn Molitor. Thanks for listening. Have a great day.